Bible says something like this. Let everything be done decently and in order. Praise is always. Praise is always. Praise is always in order when you're in the house of God. So if you jump, jump. If you run, run. If you're magnifying God, magnify God. Because that is in order in the house of God. He says, let everything, let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Then he gives a command, praise ye the Lord. Can we do that just for a moment? Can we just magnify? Definitely, the presence of the Lord is in this place. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That means there's freedom from sin. There's freedom from sickness. There's freedom from whatever has you bound. In the presence of God, there is liberty. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. There's no question. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. I feel and I hope as you do the presence of the Lord in this house. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Judges. Amen. Chapter 6. Hallelujah. I feel that I have a word for the Lord for us here today. I appreciate Pastor Shepherd for the opportunity to minister the word of the Lord. Amen. Sister Shepherd, what a wonderful pastoring leadership we have in this church that are dedicated to the work of the Lord. Amen. And the opportunity, amen, that has allotted us to minister the word. I give honor to my beautiful, beautiful wife. Amen. Her prayers of support. My family that is always there. Amen. You know, it's it's pretty cool when you can go to your son or to your daughter and just say, pray for me, and they pray for you. Amen. In their words and in their way. Amen. And uh, I appreciate my family. I love them so much. Reading the book of, and of course, how can I forget, and I will never forget, Jesus Christ. Where would we be without the Lord? He deserves all honor, all glory, and all praise. Reading in Judges chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. I want to say seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth 
till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And the children, I'm sorry, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorite in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Just for a few moments today, I want to talk on this topic. The problem is not the problem. The problem is not the problem. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in this house and in your presence. Lord, help me as I minister your word today. Let me be an instrument in your hands. Let me be sensitive to your voice. Let me preach it like you gave it to me, God. I pray that you help me throughout this. That when we leave this place, Lord, we'll not be as we came, but changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we love you. We thank you for you, our mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. If you continue reading, we understand and we know that this portion of Scripture, I believe, is a story of Gideon. Amen. In verse 11, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Oprah, and pertained unto Joash the Abyssalite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where are his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord. Wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Amen. Can I read three more verses? I know I'm reading a lot of Bible, but I think I need to lay this foundation. In verse 25, we read this. We read this. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock. Even the second bullock of seven years, everyone say seven years, old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of the rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer, second bullock, second bullock is how old? Seven years old, and sacrifice with wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. And Gideon took two men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day. 
that he did it by night. Verse 1 says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Median seven years. Israel was oppressed by the enemy. The Bible says that the Midianites would come like grasshoppers or locusts and devour everything. Now this had taken place for seven years. They cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard them and sent a prophet, and he prepared Gideon. Now Gideon was threshing wheat and hiding in the wine press. Now the wine press is a place of privacy. He could not make a threshing floor in open day as a custom was. Obviously, if he would thresh his wheat during the day and in the open where wheat is usually threshed, amen, the Midianites would come. And they'd take everything that he had worked for so hard and just take it away from him. Thus, he did it at night, and he did it in a wine press. In a wine press, and the wine press was a, a low place. He was hiding in a low place, threshing wheat. Gideon was doing just enough to survive. It was night. He was in a low plus place, threshing wheat to a lower place to maintain what he had. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Israel was not only hiding in natural caves, but within caves, they had made caves to protect the little they had. Can I say this right now? God is greater than that. He does not give you just enough power to survive. Oh, no, the Bible states that you shall be endued or dressed with or clothed with power from on high. That means that Jesus or the Lord will give you and clothe you with power. You have been given more than just enough. You have been just getting along by enough. I feel that God has instructed me to call you mighty man or mighty woman of power. You were created to conquer. You were created to be victorious. You were made to overcome. God did not do just enough to save you. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. No, so that you could cower in a wine press, hoping that the enemy doesn't see you. No, he gave you power to tread on serpents. He gave you power to pray for the sick. He gave you power to give your testimony. He gave you power over all the power of the enemy. Now, today, we need to get out of the wine press, Gideon. It's time to go to war. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. It was necessary to inspire him with a proper trust in himself. Because as long as he thought of himself only as a drudge of the family, only as a thresher of wheat, a soaker by the, by the winepress. As long as he felt himself as one that was degraded. As long as he had no hope, no spirit, no sense of having a mission. He could do nothing great. And if that's how you feel about yourself, then there is no possibility for you to do something great. Thus, God has more confidence in us than we have in ourselves. You understand that God doesn't see us like we see ourselves. We see ourselves as weak, as failures, as not being able to do anything right or everything I set my mind to. Somehow it turns out wrong. 
But God is saying, that's not you. That's not what I called you. That's not how I, I called you to be. You are great. You are mighty. The man, the warrior, the captain, the deliverer, the hero, the martyr must be aroused within. And so the voice of God addresses Gideon and says, Lord, is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Go in thy might and save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Surely I will be with thee. Thou shalt smite Midian as one man. Gideon said, no, I'm the least in my father's house. Don't you see the trouble that we are in? But God called him. God was telling him this. He was telling him, it's no longer a time to hide and despair and complain and whine and use the weapons of the weak. God so tree. It was a time to rise and act and dare and risk. And he was a man to be the head of this new movement. It was Gideon's time. I believe God is calling you today. It's time to hear what God has to say about you. I was listening to a devotion this week and it talked about your mind. Being your constant companion. And for some of us, our mind is the only friend we have. It goes with us wherever we go. It talks to us 24-7. It lets us know how good we are. It lets us know how bad we are. Our mind is our constant companion. I want to ask today, what has that companion been telling you? Because if that companion isn't right, the Bible says that the carnal mind is the enemy or is hostile against God. He says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What we need to do is instead of allowing our mind, our carnal mind to tell us how, how bad we are. Our kind of mind that tells us that we are worth nothing, that you'll never succeed, that you'll never be anything. Your carnal mind will tell you that. Your carnal mind will tell you not to praise God. Your carnal mind will tell you not to go to church. Your carnal mind tells you that you're not good for anything. Your carnal mind will tell you, well, there you go again, you fell again. But you know what? It's time that we transcend that and we start listening to what God has called us to be and who God has called us to be. Amen. What does God say about you? Well, this is what God says about you in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. He says, Ye are God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, what does God have to say about me? What shall we say to these things of God before us? Who can be against us? The spiritual mind will tell you that, nay, in all these things you are more than conquerors through him that loved us. John 14 tells us that Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto that he that believeth on me and the works that I shall do he shall do also and greater works than these shall he do I want to tell you it's time to start listening to what God has to say about you and stop listening to your mind that constantly tells you you are a failure (laughs) 
Gideon, in all probability, may have been a warrior before or had some notoriety for dealing with the enemy before. But you can only do so much with your own ability. Too many times we try to, to correct our errors by ourselves on our own, within our own ability. That's what Gideon was doing, and he was failing miserably. And I need to hurry, I really do. Psalm of David says in Psalm 144.1, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I'll give it to you, Gideon. You may be a warrior, but I want to add the word mighty before warrior. We have battles to fight, but the, the first one is very personal. Because I must win the war within before I step out. I must destroy my idol first and tear down the grove in my life before I can step out and do something great for God. God is here this morning. He is moving throughout this place looking for mighty warriors, looking for those that are, are tired of just getting by and are ready to step out of the wine press and offer a sacrifice of praise. In Judges chapter 6, verse 25, it says, And it came to pass that same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord upon the top of this rock. Not in the wine press. Get yourself out of the wine press, Gideon. This isn't a time to hide. This isn't a time to be secret. This is a time to get out of your wine press and you get on top of this rock. In this ordered place and take the second bullock. And offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which, it shall, which, shall, which thou shalt cut down. Gideon is commanded to destroy the altar of Baal. It's either God or Baal. Not God and Baal. You need to listen to this. It's either God or Baal. Not God and Baal. And that's the point that needs to be settled here today. If deliverance could be expected, it can't be you in the world. Or God in the world. It's got to be God and God alone. He will not endure two altars. He will give no deliverance as long as Baal's altar is standing. No sacrifice, however costly, is or can be accepted, which is offered upon a polluted altar of man's corrupt heart. A new altar must be built. An altar of God's workmanship of God and for God. And it is the only altar which will sanctify an acceptable gift. Any attempt to worship at Jehovah's altar on day one and not the six others. And to worship at Baal's altar and the other six, it is only in vain. It's not only in vain, it's suicidal. God will have a new heart and a whole heart or none. We cannot fully understand Gideon's attitude towards the work of God without taking into account the fact that the first thing he was commanded to do was to tear down Baal's altar. 
and tear down the grove. God cannot come among him or among Israel as long as Baal was standing and as long as there was a grove. There now, a grove was a statue, it's a pillar, it's another god, it's Ashtoreth. Baal and Ashtoreth were the common gods of that area, and they had to be totally cut down. No sooner had Gideon hewed down the altar of Baal that he received his commission against Midian. Gideon was instructed, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock, and it was very specific. He was very specific here. I don't think anything is done by coincidence in the Bible. I don't think it was just an accident. He said, you take the second bullock of seven years. You take that second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Offer a sacrifice. How long had Midian been attacking Israel? How long had they been in bondage or under the power of the Midianites? How, how long? Seven years. You know, offer a sacrifice. It's been seven years. Get the calf that was born the year of your trouble. That calf represented seven years of turmoil. Seven years of failure, seven years of torment, seven years of hurt, seven years of doubt. But today, we're putting those seven years on an altar and sacrificing it to God. David calls it the sacrifice of praise. Get out of your low place and offer God the sacrifice of praise. You are, you are, are you tired of the enemy robbing your joy, your peace, messing with your finances? Could it be that you have magnified the problem and minimized God? Well, how do I maximize God and minimize the problem? Well, you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You offer up a sacrifice the sacrifice of praise when it seems impossible because God says I have heard your prayer I have given you a name now offer me a sacrifice of praise oh come on now you're going to need this you're going to need this power to defeat the enemy this sacrifice had been with them since the beginning this sacrifice had been with them since the beginning it just took seven years to realize they needed it. But it was there, day one. Your sacrifice has been with you since day one. Me to say, why has God forsaken? God didn't forsake him. No, he, he ensured. Listen to me. He ensured that there would be a sacrifice there the first day Median invaded. You may feel all alone like God has forsaken you. I want to tell you God has been there since day one. You've had an ox. You had a bullock to sacrifice the very day your trouble came. You've had a choice to praise or not to praise. To worship, not to worship. To pray or not to pray. It's been there all along. God has been with you all along. You see, the Midianites were not the problem. God can take care of the enemy. The problem was not the problem. The problem was their worship. 
The tearing down of the altar and destruction of idols was the real battle. Because once Gideon threw down the altar, once Gideon cut down the grove, God only needed 300 men to destroy an army of 135,000. You see, the problem is not the problem. We read the story and we think Midian, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people from the east, we think, oh, that's the problem. No, that's not the problem. The things that we face in life, we think that's the problem. No, that's not the problem. Because God can handle the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. We want the problem to go away, and we don't want to fix the root of the problem. God told them from the beginning, he sent them a prophet and said, look, this is what you've done. He said, you, you have my word that you're going to overcome, that you're going to conquer, and you're going to dwell in this land, and you're going to prosper. If you stay away from the idols, you stay away from the world, and you dedicate your life to me. You do right, I'll do right. But once you step out of that blessing, you're in your hand. God help me because I've stepped away from that. And but the problem wasn't the Midianites. And we look at the world and we think there's our problems out there. The problem isn't out there because once we get this right, God can handle that. The thing that's in here. The thing that tells us our carnal mind, our carnal mind would tell us, it would dictate to us. But the biggest battle is in here. When you get right with God, God will take care of the rest because you are, you are your biggest battle. What do you worship? Because it's not that they didn't have a sacrifice It's not that a bullock wasn't available. It was there all along. The problem was they were raising it for the wrong God. The sacrifice has been there the whole time. Wherever you are, whatever state you are in, there is a sacrifice of praise. The Bible calls it the calves of your lips. The prayer, that praise, the worship, that cry, the dance, that shout, it's always there. It's always available. It's available this morning. What has taken you so long to realize the God you worship? If it isn't Jesus, it isn't worth worshiping. I believe today it's time to offer that sacrifice on the destroyed idols as they burn praise unto God. Today is your day, not your problems day. Today is your day. Come on, mighty man, mighty woman of valor. I'm almost finished. The sound a bull makes is called a bellow. The seven-year-old bullock bellowed. I don't know, but it seems to me that Gideon's father either owned or maintained the altar of Baal and the grove beside it. That in the process of trekking to that altar, that bell bullock would bellow. Do you have that? Do it. 
good. A reminder. A reminder to his father's house that there was a sacrifice to Jehovah available that was bypassed in order to worship Belzar. That sacrifice was there all along. Bellowing. Can we have that sound again? I was in the bedroom the other day and I was studying. And I was playing the sound of a cow. I think I can My wife says, what are you doing? Not an attractive noise. I was hoping it would be something interesting, but it was boring. So I'd press another cow. Thing is, it's easy to ignore. Never wondered if, as they walked to the grove, if that oxen didn't come up to the fence and just bellow. And if they didn't look and say, shut up, I don't want to be reminded. Seven years, day one, that sacrifice was there, Sister Richards. From the very beginning of your problem, from the very beginning of your issue, from the very beginning, God has a sacrifice available to you. You've just got to stop ignoring it. (laughs) Because the Midianites aren't the problem. The problem is that that sacrifice that God has given you, you've walked by it day one, day two, day three, year one, year two, year three. You, You... Okay, come on. This is, this is what the bellow sounds like. It sounds like a preacher telling you to raise your hands. Hallelujah. It's like a preacher telling you, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We hear it every Sunday. We hear it every Wednesday. We get up when we... It's been there day one, day two. It was that bullock that the Lord asked for. I believe what he was telling me is I've been here all along these past seven years. That the Midianites have tormented you. That the enemy has stolen your victory, your grain, your blessing. This sacrifice has been there. Victory has been there all along. It ain't escaped me and it hasn't escaped you. You've just neglected it. Build the altar. The musicians would come. I'm out of time. I have. Build a new altar on top of the rock. We need to remember how quickly God got Gideon out of the wine press to the top of the rock. I believe God had this bullock selected the day it was born. 
His sacrifice is with you since the start of your trouble. Your trouble may be one day old or 20. There's a sacrifice available to you. Because there was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus is always there. Has always been there. The question is, where have you been? Where have I been? I'm here to tell you somebody. You think that you may be waiting on God. When in reality, God is waiting for you. Because that sacrifice has been there all along. Can we all stand? Somebody needs to get a hold of the altar and not let go. You need to build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. In other words, climb out of your wine press, destroy Baal in the grove, and get on top of this rock and sacrifice. David said it this, and now said it like this. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about round about therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy I will sing yea I will sing praises unto the Lord Micah put it this way he said rejoice not against me O my enemy when I when I fall I shall arise David said he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And I believe that's what Jesus wants to do today. I don't know what trouble has been troubling you or what problem. But we're not going to overcome these problems until we give the Lord a sacrifice. He says, you take, take the altar of Baal and destroy it and tear it on the groves. Now you use that wood. You burn it up. And you put this oxen. It's been there for seven years. And you offer it to me as a sacrifice. I don't know what you're fighting with. I don't know the battle that you're struggling with today. But I know that God is the answer. The problem's not the problem. Stop blaming the problem. I don't know what else to say, Brother Hunter, other than we need to find a place to pray. Well, will the problem go away? The problem didn't go away. problem was defeated by the power of God and there was a testimony that said when you when you get right with God when you get this right that's not a problem when you get this right that's not a problem but you got to get this right and today I believe God is challenging you to get this right can we get this right today 
Could you find a place to pray? Can you find an altar? Can you you make your altar before God and say, God, I, I need to get this right. Come on, God is talking. Some of us, some of us look at the problem. And it's like grasshoppers. It's like the media nights. How can I overcome this big problem? That problem isn't a problem to God. This is God's going to give you victory today like you've never had before, but you've got to come. I'm going to challenge you to come to the altar and sacrifice yourself. You want victory today? I say, God can heal. That's not a problem for God. God can deliver. That's not a problem for God. God can bless your finances. That is not a problem for God. That's not the problem. But if I can get this straight, God. If I can get this straight. If I can make my way and give you a sacrifice. to our God. We've got to offer 